All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Is there is there gluten in rum? There's not gluten in rum, but it's really high in sugar. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Whereas vodka has like no sugar at all. Do you want to catch up the listeners with, with your, your latest ailment? Guys. <laughs> is with a heavy heart and a heavy stomach that I tell you I've been diagnosed also as a celiac. It's not a heavy stomach. <laughs> I told my mom, I was like, oh, guess what the shitty news Slaney got was? And she goes, he'll never break 100 pounds now. <laughs> and I was like, true. Uh, I'm actually going to try to get to the gym so much more now after being diagnosed as a celiac. Yeah, I'm just going to try to get to the gym and be like Ross, just be like a cut young man yeah well and ross like, is is not like big in stature either like he's he's shorter than average right i mean you should see the guy in a suit yeah mm. <laughs> what does that look like fantastic he, oh. he, he looks like the way like a suit looks on television oh like daniel craig yeah like da- or like daniel radcliffe even like oh, just okay. like this small little person sure. <laughs> in this fantastic suit that okay. most of us can't ever imagine owning wow all right yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm pumped about. It. You know what? I think it's an overall. I think being gluten free in general is probably a more healthy thing than not being gluten free. Well, definitely. In that there are lots of people who just kind of blindly go gluten free under the assumption that it's going to fix yeah. all their dietary problems. To a certain degree, it is based on the the truth that gluten is found in a lot of things that are fattening. Right. But well. Yeah, but so is fat, but fat's not necessarily bad for you. Well, and and sugar, I mean, sugar is generally not good for you, but there Mm. are certain sugars that aren't dreadful for you. Right. And sugar's in bread, which also has gluten in it. Right. And like, and fat in it. Right. And as a diabetic, I'm probably going to have a better lock on my sugars by eliminating gluten. But there's also like some substitutes. Okay. That are actually higher in carb, like this beer I'm drinking now or this this type of bread that Jen gets that's actually like 40 grams of carbs per piece or whatever. So but what is the substitute ingredient? I think it's rice Okay. in most cases. Because rice is a, it's technically it's a like food. not a grain, but it's got carbs in it. Oh, okay. So it doesn't have gluten in it. I, I Or maybe it's like a brown rice substitute. I don't hey, know. you can still have pad thai. That's a, like a noodle-based thing that you can eat because that's made of rice. Yes, but there's so much sugar in the sauce and stuff. The last time <laughs> that's had, so true. The last oh, time no. I had pad thai, I like had like a three-day, uh, like a high sugar period. It's so funny. I can't even think of like both of your conditions at once. I can only just think of one. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh wait, but you can have. Yes. Oh no, but that also that's, is affected by the other one. That's what everyone says. And someone at work today brought up like, oh man, it's gonna be hard to call you over for dinner because like, what are you ever gonna be able to have? And I said, I'll just go and enjoy the company and I'll bring like some Ziploc containers of what I can eat. <laughs> okay. So uh, scenario, your buddies are meeting up for brunch mm-hmm. at like Smitty's or something. Sure. And the typical breakfast for a growing boy to order is like three eggs, whatever style, mm-hmm. uh, two slices of toast, bacon, sausage, ham, hash browns, yep, and coffee. What of that truck driver's breakfast can you have? Technically, most of it. Really, bread is the only thing that's 100% got gluten in it. Yeah. Hash browns could if there's any sort of like batter on it or anything. Mm-hmm. If it's just potato, uh, I think I'm fine to eat that because that's just a vegetable. It's yep. starchy and carby, but that's fine. And in fact, you should. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, And eggs are fine. Eggs are, yeah. Eggs are like, it's great that I can still eat eggs. Um, there've got to be some fatty meats that are kind of gluteny based on like what they're cooked in or something like it, it could could a, a breakfast sausage be grilled in a gluten-based fat? I don't know that that's I don't think that it actually that any meat would typically have gluten in it, but I'm not sure cuz sometimes there's just like these weird like they'll throw flour in a burger or I'll have to find out, but I'm also not the type of I, I, at least I don't think I still have to have an appointment with like a gastroenterologist or something that says whether I'm for sure celiac. Okay. And also. Because they uh, came to this conclusion on a blood test and yes, called you. Which they like specifically wanted to see if I had celiac disease hmm. because my red blood cell count was low. 
and it kind of goes hand in hand with diabetes sometimes. What does that do to your body? Does it make you apparently? Lethargic? Yeah, it's it makes you more tired. You you're a little bit more wiped out when you're doing physical activity. Which like I haven't been feeling that wiped out. Mm. I've been feeling kind of wiped out, but I'm also like in better shape than I have been for a long time. So I'm thinking by like normal person standards, if they got this, their stamina would be way lower because I'm making a point to still like run and bike and yeah and go to the gym and golf and whatever. Can you imagine what would be happening to your body if you didn't already have uh, an enthusiasm for physical activity? Like you're somebody who right. likes to to go for a run or go for a bike ride or whatever. But if you really were like distanced from that when you came into these two dietary conditions, you would really have to make a massive lifestyle change. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. If I got both at the same time. Well, even like when you look back on this in 10 years, you'll you'll not really remember the two years in between when you only had one of That's them. That's what I was thinking. It's like, just going to be like, oh, right. That was when I was, it'll, it'll seem like a minute you'll just I was remember diabetic and could eat bread. You're totally right. That's like how Louis C.K. put it. Yeah. Like how he, he's going to remember Louis as a time in his life and Horace and Pete as a time in his life. And yeah. It's sort of like your dietary illnesses are like your cable TV shows. Yes. Sort of like in that. In the sense that I've got a lot of them on the go. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to do the show? Yeah, let's do it. Podcasts. The new media's most wannabe legitimate frontier. These are the chronicles of The Show Show. It's open-ended mission to analyze television's greatest installments, to discuss their relevance today, to boldly go where lots of others have gone before. All right, so I feel like it's worth noting off the top that neither of us can claim to be anywhere close to authorities on the subjects of today's shows of question. And this is worth mentioning, especially in the case of these two shows, because... They are this overall arcing franchise in which they both fall under perhaps the greatest cult in pop culture history. Yeah, I would say for sure. I mean, anything anything bigger than this is no longer cult. Right? It was the first series to inspire fans to learn a fictional language. Is that right? I th- well, I think so. Well, I mean, like the first television yeah. series, because I bet there were people who could speak Tolkien's Elvish. Yes, you're right. Back in the day, you're totally right. Of course, we're talking about uh, we're talking about Vulcan. Yep. Okay, so no, I was talking about uh, Klingon. See, see, we're not authorities on this, right? The Vulcans speak Klingon. Is that right? No, Klingons speak Klingon. Oh, so you saw what like Dorf was? Vulcans speak English. Vulcans speak English. I think. Yeah. Dorf was the guy with the weird head. Yes. He was Klingon. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And that's so, and that's in the later series, which we'll talk about in a minute. But we'll, right. we'll start things off. I mean, obviously, last weekend, uh, Star Trek Beyond, the third installment in J.J. Abrams' franchise for the Star Wars reboot. Yes. Star Trek reboot. That's another thing that... Oh, my gosh. When I was talking about the show we were watching, I kept saying Star Wars. We're going to do Wars, it a lot in this Star podcast. Wars, Star Wars. Okay. Let's get it out of our system now. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Star Wars. And now... Let's uh, naturalize ourselves to the new one. Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek, 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 Star Trek. Okay. Trek, Trek, Trek. All right. Star Trek, which just doesn't roll off the tongue as smoothly. No. But Star Wars is a good example of something that is too big to still be considered a cult classic. Right. Star Trek is still niche enough, although its fans, maybe in not the largest groups anymore, are so passionate right star trek beyond opened in theaters uh just the other day and had a i think it made 60 million bucks domestically yeah. it had a spectacular opening weekend and the reviews are really good simon Pegg wrote this movie right i just can't wait cool. to see it yeah i'm really excited i the last simon Pegg movie that he wrote i think was what paul Oh, I forgot about Paul. I love that movie. I didn't see it. Oh, it was great. Are you like a big Shaun of the Dead fan? And- yeah, I'm, I'm a big Shaun of the Dead fan. I liked Hot Fuzz. I liked Hot Fuzz. Um, but you got to see Paul because it really like exceeded my expectations. He he meets an alien. I, I honestly kind of forget it, but okay. I remember like loving it at the time. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. I'd watch it again. Check it out for sure. Okay. Star Trek. Uh, 1966, Slaney and I always uh, prepare for each show by watching the pilot of the series we're going to focus on, but there's an interesting thing with the original Star Trek where they actually have an episode zero, Mm -hmm. and it's called The Cage, and it was made in 1965, 
It was made a full year before the series actually got a full order. And then they came back and they did what's technically not a pilot, but an episode one, and The Cage was was written off. Now, we didn't watch The Cage because we figured it would kind of, it would be disjointed from the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm pretty sure that there are only a handful of... uh, reoccurring characters between the cage and the rest of star trek like i know i know spock is in it but i'm pretty sure kirk's not yeah and i don't think it's that easy to find maybe not yeah watched the uh the first episode which kind of just dives right in like they don't have to set anything up nope um which which i thought was good honestly considering one of the only things i've ever watched that was like 60s tv based is the Batman show, right. which, I mean, is is lauded for its campiness. Yeah. And we talked about Get Smart on the podcast a while back. Mm-hmm. Also campy. This show was better than I expected. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they were they were victims of circumstance with some of the, like, you know, they were working on a soundstage, and they clearly didn't care that much about audio. But well, like- and, and I know the sets were built, um, they were built with a collapsibility, like they... They were right. going to construct uh, a planet terrain that they needed to be able to destroy very quickly, so they could turn it into something else. So yes, sure. there is a there is a cheapiness to certain settings, right? But that's fine. It was helpful to them in our viewing of this episode that there aren't any really odd looking aliens in the first episode of Star Trek. Well, they're kind of well, there ended up being a super creepy looking alien. Okay, remember it was so it was the woman. Yeah. But when they shot her with the laser gun, it turned in this yeah. horrific looking like but again, Yeti. Less, like less Yeti. ridiculous than you would expect for Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Which it also scary. kind of has a reputation for having really cheesy costumes. I think right. later on they have some pretty odd looking humanoid yeah. aliens. And, and like Tribbles. Did you ever see the trouble with Tribbles? No. What is uh, that? Uh, it was, I kind of forget what the whole episode's about, but I think they're these like little fuzzy aliens and they multiply throughout the episode i think that's what it is okay anyways we're gonna get roasted by trekkies but well and that's that's why i want to make it very clear that i (laughs) i'm not i I think it's fabulous if you're passionate about about star trek canon i'm just not up to speed on it so there are lots of things that i'm not afraid to admit i know nothing about and i'll say say stuff that's wrong uh tweet us at show show podcast tell us everything we got wrong fact check the shit out of the show for the most part uh we are kind of like the enterprise in the sense that we are explorers just trying to figure out the uh, uh, galaxy of tv shows the final frontier that is star trek exactly exactly resistance is futile that's what i've heard <laughs> I, I read a lot today about uh, what what an asshole uh, william shatner was back in the day oh really well just like all this stuff i mean he's he's kind of notorious for having had some feuds with other cast members i mean george takei has never been a fan of his oh. george takei accused william shatner of having his lines cut from the show really and i don't know if that was ever proven to be true i think shatner denied it and then later on he also admitted in his own autobiography shatner did that he and leonard nimoy didn't get along very well in the show which was kind of a it was kind of revelatory to star trek fans because they were under the impression that the two of them were cool and he kind of felt bad about it i guess william shatner did but uh, one thing i found interesting was that did you notice in the opening credits they only credited william shatner and leonard nimoy no, I didn't actually. Just, just two characters. And after season one, they throw in other people too. I think I just turned around from the... I was playing it on my laptop while mm. I was making lunch, and I turned around for a second. Right. And that was probably when the credits happened. William Shatner insisted that his name be 10% larger than every other name. No way. And I don't know if it ended up being... It probably did. And, and nobody would have questioned that if they had just seen it that way, because he is unequivocally the main character of the series. Right. But that he demands such a small, petty thing is so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I didn't know that he was... Well, I guess when you listen to him now, he does seem like he's still very me, me, me. Well, he's kind of staunch... Uh, it almost seems like he's playing a character now when he yeah. does it. So you kind of just like laugh along with it. Right. But like in the 60s, he wore platform shoes so he wouldn't be the shortest guy. Oh. Like all this like really small, silly stuff. Yeah. Interesting. One of those guys. Did you ever watch Boston Legal? No, I didn't. I watched Boston Legal a little bit. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I really like Was Spader. it him and James Spader? James okay. Spader, yeah. Right. He was he was wacky. Denny Crane, wacky. Denny Crane. Denny Crane, and I forget what the other guy. Alan Shore. Alan Shore was uh, was Spader. That got some pretty good uh, acclaim for yeah. a few years. Yeah, I think. it was a good show. I don't think we're gonna cover it on the top one hundred list at <laughs> no, all. But. No, no, and like William Shatner is like in his eighties. He's like an yeah. old motherfucker now. Yep, he's an old dude. Yeah, and he's well. Works. You think about it, like 
like look how old Leonard Nimoy looks. I don't know how much older he was in the first episode compared to William Shatner, but if you looked at them right now, Leonard Nimoy looks like a way older man. Yeah, I mean, especially since he died last year. Oh, did (laughs) did I forgot about that? Remember that though? Like, I remember they did a thing on Big Bang Theory, and they made like a thing into it. Really? But I wanted to talk about how. Well, we're going to talk about uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. later on in the podcast but so i'm kind of getting ahead of myself but i wanted to bring up how there's apparently no character crossover from star trek series to star trek series okay and that's so interesting because it really speaks to how fan service is a thing of this new millennium in film and television right like nowadays uh they would the fans would just demand that old cast come back yeah i was expecting it and i kind of thought that there was one at one point that i just didn't quite recognize not according to what i understand cool and I like that. And I think that the fan servicing, like you were saying, was born out of series not doing that. I honestly think that George Lucas has a huge hand in fan service being a thing. Really? Like stuff just being slid in there for the, oh my God moment. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And where I was going with, with Leonard Nimoy looking old was they actually shoehorned a storyline into J.J. Abrams' first Star Trek movie. Right. Where there's time travel so they can put Leonard Nimoy in yes. the movie looking a thousand years old, even though it's in the same timeline that he played Spock in. Right. Like they, they went so out of their way for fan service. Yeah. That, and like you expect more of JJ. I'm not saying that it was a bad move because that was like a pretty good movie, but like it was it was unnecessary. And I heard Matt from the Nerdist podcast go through this at one point too, talking about how Khan doesn't necessarily make sense in the Star Trek movie. Really? For some reason. Why is that? I There was something about the timelines that did not sync up. Okay. I forget what like the exact reasoning because I listened to it like six months ago. That must be torturous for people who really know the Star Trek lore inside out. Oh, yeah. They Although, can just sit down and enjoy it. I think they've done a pretty good job because there's not a lot of hate for these movies. They pretty much are, are well accepted. That's true. And I don't think there's a whole lot of hate for many of the series. Like, uh, even the ones that weren't critically acclaimed, I don't think that Star Trek lovers Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can't speak to like Voyager or Deep Space Nine. Like, right. I'm sure there's one of them that Star Trek fans, uh, all, like, they must all agree one of them is the worst. Right. Right? Yep. The first episode, you thought it was going to be campier, but you thought they did a good job. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was like, like surprisingly dramatic. Yeah. Far more than I thought it was going to be. Absolutely. Like it was a deep storyline. Um, it was very chatty. Like there's yeah. not like there's not a lot of action in it. No, and they don't spell things out so clearly for everyone. Like you're, that's true. You're really kind of guessing about what's going on until the end. Yeah. Which like great storytelling on their part. Totally bold and totally cool. I I really have no no criticism, and it's not because I'm afraid to criticize. Right. Like, like I think I think it's really cool. I think there's one one really important. And like, I hate to do this again, but it's what I know. I'm sorry. There's one really important distinction between Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. And it's that one of them is pre-Star Wars and the other is post-Star Wars. In that they were released in a world that either did have Star Wars to compare it to. Yep. Uh, or didn't have Star Wars to compare it to. Right. And I'm not saying that Star Wars stole or Star Trek stole or anything like that. I mean, obviously, there are similarities and distinctions. And, and, and storyteller experts will tell you that one of them is an opera western and the other one is a sci-fi or right. a political thriller. They kind of say that Star Trek is a political thriller as much as anything else. Really? I know there are distinctions, but you you can't ignore the fact that they're both about people flying in spaceships. Right. And the the effects for just 10 years before Star Wars, the first Star Wars, pretty good. Yeah, they did some things that I thought were kind of impressive. I thought the storytelling was really impressive. It was obviously, I think it's pretty well known that Star Trek was a huge trendsetter in interracial interracial romance because Ahura and Captain Kirk share the first black white kiss on TV I think. No, actually I read I read a thing today that though that was believed to be true for a really long time, sometime later somebody uncovered something from a show that aired on the BBC. Oh, in, wow. I think the late 50s, I think it was 7 years before it happened on Star Trek. Oh, okay, so maybe it was just American television. Well, it was definitely American television right. and aside from this little uh, obscure show that somebody dug up in <laughs> from the UK, yes, this was like the big one right. that really made a big difference. 
reference. And there was a thing about how Gene Roddenberry wanted to make a gay character in, right. in TNG. I don't know if he got um, talked out of it by the network or if he got a little gun shy or right. it just never really seemed like a natural thing to do. But of course, there's a big discussion right now about sexuality in uh, in the Star Trek universe. Right, because you talked about the whole Sulu being gay in the newest movie right and, and i mean zachary levi was on chelsea last week and he was talking about how he thinks it's a really good thing as isn't it uh, zachary quinto quinto i think it's quinto isn't it isn't right that, isn't that what i said you said zachary levi oh geez zachary levi was um was chuck oh okay i've often confused them actually <laughs> zachary quinto uh says as a member of that community i think it's really important and it's a it's a, a series that has really stood up for minorities and a lot of other times. So why not this one too? Right. In 2015, there was some thing where the makers of the movies were kind of being given a little bit of pressure to, to put a gay character in the series. And that might be why they decided it was appropriate to have Sulu become gay. Right. But I guess there's another level to that, that saga in which there was a gay kiss with John Cho and his supposed husband in this franchise, oh, in this wow. iteration. And they cut the, the gay kiss for whatever reason. Maybe they just thought it was too on the nose. like Yeah. But I guess it shouldn't be. No. But I, at the same time, you kind of wonder if when, when people are just trying to be provocative for the sake of oh, being yeah. provocative. I know. It's really hard. Yeah. It's really tough. You never know when it's a genuine really wanting that storyline to be in there versus we want people to talk about. Dude, that that very principle can be applied to so many supposedly controversial things that's that have true happened well maybe culture. it could have been could have been applied to the star trek episode maybe people would be having the same same talk about the original star wars interracial kiss you think that there Sorry, were like star trek interracial kiss. you think that there were like like pre uh mlk generations who were saying things like oh they're just trying to to be shocking they're just trying to to be total well i just said it about 2016 and putting a gay kiss in a movie so no, i'm just I asking i think you're probably yeah. right yeah i think it's i think it makes a lot of sense I, I i was looking up the the woman who played ohura um she was told personally by martin luther king that what she was doing was important and that she had oh, to wow. keep, that she had to keep playing that role for as long as she could that's crazy isn't that wild? If, as if you needed any greater justification to keep doing your job. It's, it's weird to even think that that was the same world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, well, I, technically it was a different world well, that she was in. That's, that's a different universe entirely. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I, I've often thought about how, like, my parents lived at the same time as, like, the Kennedy assassination. Right. And, like, MLK and, like, yeah. all kinds of stuff that I just, I know happened with yeah. my logical brain, but with my other brain, I'm just going... That is just a crazy story people tell. Right. The JFK thing for our parents was a very, um, if they were old enough, is like a very September 11th thing for them where they're like, oh, I know exactly where I was. I remember we got let off school early or, you know, Man, you're so right. Yeah. You're so, like if I ever have kids, they're going to feel exactly the same way as I do about 9-11 with their dad. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It just blew my mind. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's the gluten-free diet, man. It's making me think clearly. <laughs> it's giving you all this clarity. Exactly. This this outside um, view. Uh, honestly, on a side note, it is weird how much better I felt today just by not eating gluten at all. The, today was day one, zero gluten. Well, honestly, that's going to make it a lot easier. Yeah. Will there still be times when you break down and like you eat an Egg McMuffin or something, or is that just not in the cards? Uh, I don't know. I, I It probably will happen, but... I hope that I, you know, stay pretty strict on it because I don't want to go into this like deep dive of carbiness. Yeah, no, it's not even really the carbs. The carbs won't bug me. It's the gluten that will actually like, make my like stomach. Well, it's kind of it's kind of the same idea as when you're when you're 19 or 20, you get drunk every weekend and it's super fun. But then when you're like 24, 25, it starts to feel so horrible that it's not worth it to do as much right. and, and you just do it less and less and this is your body it's going to tell you the same thing i'm going to give you a hangover every time you eat gluten that yeah that's pretty much it yeah and i didn't really realize like i wouldn't have known i was celiac until the doctor said yeah you're actually officially celiac <laughs> i was like okay well let's try a day without eating any bread or carbs at all yeah and I was just like, oh, right, this is how my stomach's supposed to feel. This coming from the guy who, s who said to me, I didn't know you were supposed to drink lots of water. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Honestly, I'm just going to be surprised any time that I get diagnosed with something, which hopefully isn't too much more. But because I normalize it and internalize it right. to the point where I'm just like, no, oh, no, that's a normal thing. I'm just getting older. Yeah. My stomach feels shittier when I 
drink more or eat more wheat or whatever it is. I think that's a normal thing. Also like a Louis C.K. bit where he says he goes to the doctor and he's got a sore back or whatever. And he says, what are you going to do about it? And the doctor's just like, your back's just like that now. Like, right. We're not doing anything about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> you're just, you're just dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're slowly getting older. Anyways. The phrase beam me up Scotty was never uttered. In, no, I don't in think Scotty series. was in this. Well, no, he wasn't in the episode. He's brought in later. Right. But I mean, you're familiar with the expression, beam me up, Scotty. Not unlike Luke, I am your father. It's it's an urban myth that that line was ever said. It's been... It's been kind of twisted to be Beam oh, Me Up so Scotty. Oh, so Beam Me Up Scotty is not what... It's never that. said in the series. They say every other variation of those words. They say, Scotty, beam me up. Right. They say, Scotty, beam us up. Beam them up, Scotty. But it never happens to be Beam Me Up Scotty. Right. What else did I notice from that episode? Uh, Chekhov wasn't in it either. Chekhov wasn't in it. Bones seemed way older than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. yeah. I think that was pretty much it. The original plan apparently for Chekhov was for him to be to have a British accent, oh. um, because they kind of made him look like a beetle or a monkey. They kind of gave <laughs> oh, him that, really? that look. Um, but then, I mean, he became obviously famously Russian. I, I read a thing the other day about how they want to to give Anton Yelkin some kind of proper send off within the Star Trek franchise, but they still don't really know how they're going to handle that. Yeah. Like so is he in the latest movie? He's in the movie. I mean, it's, it just came out. Obviously, right. they were finished probably a year ago. Making I hope they movie. did an In Loving Memory at the end. Uh, I'm always a bit touched when that happens. Yeah, I bet there is something like that. Yeah. This movie is dedicated to Anton Yelkin. Do, do you know that actor? Like, are you familiar with him outside of... No, not outside of Star Trek at Dude, all. Dude, there is a movie called Charlie Bartlett. Yes, okay, I remember hearing about this. Do you know what this movie's about? No. Let me give the the rundown of this movie. Okay. It's such a... It's, it's a modern-day Ferris Bueller movie. Like, he plays a, a kid who feels like an outsider, but everybody... Well, he, I shouldn't say everyone thinks he's really cool. He is really cool, mm-hmm. and not everyone's picked up on it yet until he finds a way for everyone to pick up on it. So it stars uh, Robert Downey Jr., who plays like kind of the straight, like mean guy. Like he's the right. principal, and he's also the father of the girl he's interested in, okay. who is um, Kat Dennings from Sure Two from, Broke uh, Girls. Yep, this is a better thing than Two Broke Girls. Okay, uh, he has been homeschooled all his life. And he comes from a rich family, but his dad is in prison and he gets entered into public school and he's he's like totally weird there. Like he shows up in his in the blazer from his last private school or whatever. Right. And and they all like bully him or whatever. And so he goes to his therapist. So he's not Russian. He's not Russian. No, okay. the, no, the actor is American. Oh, okay. Um, so he goes to his therapist and explains what's going on, and his therapist just writes him a prescription basically to shut him up. And he realizes very quickly that he can get his therapist to give him any pill he wants Uh, so what charlie bartlett does is open a therapist clinic in the men's room of the high school and students will line up come in sit in the stall on the other side so they don't he can't see who they are like um like confession in a catholic church tell them their problems he goes and tells his therapist that they're his problems he gets the prescription. He sells them the pills, no and so way. he becomes like a, like a illegal pharmacist at his school. Right. It's it's a fucking great movie, and it's not like as dark as you might think it gets. It has a darkness to it. It's okay. darker than Ferris Bueller, sure, but it's a comedy. Okay, nice. Yeah. I would check it out, but I think it's gonna make me so sad now. It's so fucking sad when young people die. Yeah. And die in like weird, stupid ways. Like, how would you, how would you feel if like your good friend or or your brother or somebody died because you f- they forgot to put on the e brake? Was that and, what happened? And the car crushed him against his mailbox. Oh god, it's so pointless. Yeah, you know that's what happened. I thought it like jumped or something, and no, he got out of his car and it rolled into him. Ugh, that's yeah. my understanding of it anyway. It's just horrible. It's just horrible. That is horrible. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think about that all the time. These moments are fleeting. That's right. I thought the name of Professor Crater was a little on the nose. <laughs> I thought so too. <laughs> there was also a really funny fucking line in it, and I can't remember what it was. There's a few. I don't know if I have any like direct. I usually write down like the odd quote of something that I think is kind of amusing, but I don't really have anything like that. No. Um, I, I mean, I wrote down the beam me up, Scotty thing. Beaming is interesting. Um, I read an interesting fact that they only invented beaming because they didn't really know how they were going to be able to finance landing the Enterprise all the time. It was going to be too confusing. It was going to look too cheap. 
and cheesy to have this right. model of a ship landing on every planet sure. they go to. So let's just have the Enterprise never land on a planet. That's and just great. beam them there, and we'll and the, like th- that effect was even pretty cool for the '60s. Yeah, it got a lot better in in the '80s for yeah. the next generation. The next generation started way earlier than I thought it did. Like I remember watching it when I was little. 87. 87, yeah. 87 or 94, yeah. But I didn't, I thought it was like 92 to like 96 or something, but 87. It's a very different tone to that show. I yeah. Mean, I mean, you're really dealing with somebody different when you've got a like a Shakespeare trained actor as your captain of the Enterprise. Right. And like, it's almost like, I mean, I said legal drama before. Like there's courtroom shit in yeah in this first episode. Well, I really liked how they brought that. Like the first scene starts with this guy who's presumably from the past. Like he just like shows up in the ship and he's kind of like speaking in Shakespearean style, right? And then keeps changing into different characters. Like he's clearly then changing into like a Jack Nicholson type character yeah. from uh, uh, a few, few good, good men. men. Yeah. And then he literally says, "All we need is a few good men." Right. Yes, <laughs> that's how I knew it was so obvious. Yeah. And then he changed into like you know some futuristic person that we hadn't yet seen um, from like the mid twenty first century, I guess. And and so then they start explaining kind of what's happened in the time between the few good men years, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was like late eighties and the mid twenty first century. And then they're still like 500 years beyond that, I think. Well, I, I thought it was very clever the way they established the timeline. Yeah. In that oh, it was they great. Just, they just showed this this middle 20th century soldier guy. And Picard says, that was 400 years ago. Yes. And, and you immediately know when they are. And it, as it turns out, the, the first season takes place in the year 2364. Yeah. So I thought it was super cheesy at first because I thought why is this alien shakespearean and he just like showed up right away this is super campy right then i thought it was very smart i mean i don't necessarily think that they'll have to be so expository every time but like they were starting a new series and people were probably wondering where does this line up with the one we know and love yeah and they just banged that off really quickly and then did the whole courtroom scene yeah which i again we only watched like the first hour of it we didn't know that it was an hour and a half long it was it was like really um, intense, like a lot very of intense. screaming and like, it was like very passionate and yeah. kind of dark. And I mean, it's almost like a commentary on like the state of the world we're working towards. Yeah. It was like a, a bit of like a dystopian style future with yeah. some weird like scenes from the Orient, <laughs> but also yeah. like yeah. beggars from the medieval times right it was just so it it got so many weird points for me which is a great thing like it was so different you don't see anything on television like that at all well and maybe we will next year when when star trek uh discovery launches right they've had they've had a little trouble with getting star trek television series off the ground well, well, I guess since uh the next generation right they've had a couple of different ones Um, well i think deep space nine was it was a big one, I guess. I mean, maybe Voyager was too. These are all things I've heard of, even as a guy who's certainly not a Trekkie. Right. But they hold the record. The original series holds the record for most different spinoffs, if you include the 13 films that they've made. Right. The five or six or seven different TV series and the handful of um, novels and, and graphic novels. And didn't Gene Roddenberry also do like Battlestar Galactica? Whoa, did he? I don't know. I thought it was like based off of his let's look it up canon of something we haven't uh, we haven't done any research all right quick google search I haven't done any on the spot googles yet this episode battlestar galactica 2004 military science fiction series post-apocalyptic fiction philosophical psychological thriller space opera political drama falls under a lot of categories developed by ronald moore gene roddenberry might have died a long time before that gene roddenberry died in October of 91. I was two months old. He didn't even live to see uh, through the next generation. It's, it's putting him as a writer on Star Trek Beyond, which is cool. Yeah, I think usually the creator gets like, like William Shakespeare has a writing credit on 10 Things I Hate About You. Wasn't there something with 10 Things I Hate About You where it has the same amount of syllables as the play it was based on? Well, the name 10 Things I Hate About You sounds a lot like Taming of the Shrew. It's not syllabically, but just like if you were to slur it, did you say 10 Things I Hate About You or did you say Taming of the Shrew? And in 10 Things I Hate About You, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and 
Heath Ledger try to tame the shrew and get her to go out with him. Like that's uh. it, it's based on the play. It's the same story. And in fact, I think it's set in a town in a California town called Verona, and her name is like that of the girl in Tenth. It's like very openly mocks. Right. Verona? No, Verona's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, like I'm, I could try to sound smart and come up with a, a response, but I, I have no idea. I can't retain that information. Is it narcissistic? I read these things. Is it yes. narcissistic of me to have been like proud to just know that that no. Verona no, no, is no. Romeo and Juliet? Like, no, not at all. I feel like just because I said that, I'm like, all right, well, I, I know something. So sure. <laughs> there you go. There's my knowledge that I have. Yeah. No, I, I thought I remember an English teacher telling me in grade eleven that. 10 Things I Hate About You was a play off of Much Ado About Nothing. It's so clearly The Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. It's in the name. <laughs> it's not Much Ado About Nothing. 10 Things I Hate About You. There might be uh, a movie uh, of of the modern uh, ilk that, that is based on Much Much Ado About Nothing. You could. Someone very... told me She's All That was. Um, she's the man. She's the man. <laughs> ah, she's all that. Having a hard time. I know. What the fuck, man? I can't have a conversation with anyone anymore. I don't think that's true. Uh, I mean, we just had a discussion a second ago about how you're really on the ball because of your, your <laughs> oh, gluten thing. Yeah, you're right. Uh, mean Girls is, I mean, very openly is, has Julius Caesar tones in it. Yeah. And uh, The West Wing has some, some major uh, King Lear tones in it, which I think we talked about before. Yeah. Yeah, you've mentioned that. That guy, William Shakespeare, that. had an idea about... about stories you know what i think i think he plagiarized yeah mm-hmm. all of his plays were written by a, too good by a parrot yeah you know what i think is overrated is shakespeare in love mm. i think a lot of people think that's overrated uh, overrated I, that that one best picture of that year did it win best picture or did she, she i mean she won best actress gwyneth yeah it won best picture and beat saving private ryan Okay. And there was a huge like Miramax rally to make Shakespeare in Love win. Was it a is it I think it's considered a bit of a conspiracy yeah, like, that Harvey Weinstein really like exactly. pushed it. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. I watched a, a yeah, I watched a documentary on Harvey Weinstein and Miramax and stuff and it was just insane like the pressure that they were putting on. And the fact that Saving Private Ryan did not win best picture that year is absolutely insane. Is, is Shakespeare in Love a bad movie? No, no not it, at all. It's, it's a really, good movie. It's really cool, but it's just like, it's it's kind of branded now. It's like not as good as it's supposed to be. And she's like, okay in it. Yeah. But the world is kind of inclined to dislike her anyway. Right. Yeah. I, that Harvey Weinstein's an interesting cat. Like he, it, it, nobody else has the resume he has. He just has enough money to invest in things such that he calls himself a filmmaker. Like when right. he was on Howard, he'll, he'll say like, oh, we made a movie last year with uh with george clooney and sandra bullock called gravity and like you didn't did you make oh that movie? you made that but like to a, to an extent i mean he did he's a producer yeah and he's in the room when they're casting and like because he's paying for it i mean right. he kind of did make it it's like it's like it's like at the wine store when they say you're making your wine but really you take it to them and they show you how to run it through the tubes <laughs> That's exactly the same thing. The wine store is like the wine. Do you think it's a? Do you think it's a coincidence that his name is Weinstein? I think we should start calling him Harvey Wine Store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that's basically what he is. Harvey Wine Store. Although no, wait, he would be more the, or he would be more the maker. He was the maker of wine. Um, the wine store would be the filmmaker. Right. Oh, I see. So it's wine. It's the Steen, got the clarity back. It's the Steen versus the store. Yes. Goodness gracious. Anyway, I think right. it's valuable for everyone to know that. <laughs> uh, back on Star Trek? Yeah, let's get back on Star Trek for a little bit. Uh, the original series, off due want. to locality, they were able to share a lot of extras with other hugely um, important pop cultural 60s shows like Batman and Get Smart, Lost in Space, The Wild West, The Twilight Zone, and Mission Impossible. And I did not know that Mission Impossible was a 60s TV series. Oh, you didn't? I think that probably makes me a real pleb, like for not realizing that it's not, it didn't start with Tom Cruise, but it's just a thing that got by me. Yep. I did not know that that was a thing before. Yep. Well, he's kind of revolutionized where, you know. The character is. Where the character is, exactly. But. I don't know what the show was actually like. I can't. I picture it being like a serious Get Smart. It couldn't have been good. No, it's probably pretty bad. <laughs> Maybe at the time, everyone was like, "Wow, this is pretty exciting." Right. I wonder if if the actor who played Ethan Ethan Hunt, 
Is that his name? And what? Mission, Mission Impossible? That's Tom Cruise's character's name, isn't it? Oh, Ethan. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Ethan Hunt? Ethan something. Was Ethan the character in Mission I was, Impossible? I think it was Ethan Impossible. Ethan Impossible. I wonder if the guy who played Ethan Impossible insisted on scaling his own airplane. Probably. Do you remember when... Because he did insist on doing that in the movie. He did. That's the thing that happened, yeah. He's an insane person. Like, he's just... He's got such an ego that he has to... He has to prove that he can do it as if anybody has any doubts like right. obviously i know tom cruise can do action stuff i've seen him do it but then you hear people talk about tom cruise and i'm worried i don't know if it's that they're just trying to appease the powers that be or if he's actually like such a nice guy everyone's always like he's such a nice guy he, he remembered facts about my family he brought me lunch like, i think he might be like, a nice guy yeah. like i've always been in the camp of tom cruise is fucking crazy but i like that guy Right. Like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want to like get too close to his family, right. but like, he seems like he's obviously committed to his craft. Mm-hmm. A part of Tom Cruise would kind of love to fall and break his leg to say like, ah, oh, you know, I do you broke think? my leg doing that stunt. Do you but... think, do you think that's true? Or do you think <laughs> it would just be seen as a sign of weakness? Yeah, maybe that too. Cause why else? Like if, if he couldn't admit to weakness, why else would he need to scale a plane? I don't know. I always just thought it was kind of like a sign of badassery, like when Jackie Chan broke his leg, like jumping onto a barge in Rumble in the Bronx or something. Yeah. In his early days of being Jackie Chan. I was like, oh shit, that's crazy. And then he filmed a bunch of scenes, I think, with like a broken leg. Well, and nobody thinks any less of you. Like, and speaking of broken legs, the situation with Harrison Ford was in court today. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't know that there was an issue until I, I saw a headline Will you explain the situation? Well, I mean, it's pretty well known that Harrison Ford was injured on the set of The Force Awakens. Okay. Uh, A hydraulic door that was on the Millennium Falcon fell down on him and crushed his leg. A company called Foodles Production, I read this today, and I said on the air, why would you trust a company that calls themselves Foodles? (laughs) Well, we've been known to have a few Foodles on the set. They, the, uh, Disney, um, Star Wars Disney, Lucasfilm or whatever, sued Foodles for negligence on, on location. And they, in court today, they pleaded guilty to two counts of, uh, breaching conditions of their rules and regulations. And they admitted on the stand, yes, this could have killed Harrison Ford. Wow. Can you imagine? Like, we all know what it feels like to see Harrison Ford die now, and it didn't feel good. So <laughs> so what are the repercussions of that happening? Like, wh- like, do they have to pay Disney? They'll probably, like, probably get sued, yeah. So they technically weren't being sued yet. Well, yeah, maybe they're being sued. Yeah, yeah. they probably are being sued. That's probably why they're in court. Yeah. They'll probably lose the case, is what I'm right. saying, considering they pled guilty. And so I don't, it I don't know if they crushed his leg. Crushed his leg. They had to, like, shut down production for a long time. He had to be airlifted out. Like, he, he almost bled to death. Like, J.J. Abrams told the story about how, like, he knew he wasn't, like, directly responsible, but he was the boss when yeah. it happened. And, like, sure. this, is, this is not only my friend Harrison, who I've worked on a couple of movies with. Yeah. This is also... Han Solo. Han Solo can't die on my set. No. Oh, my <laughs> In God. In the movie where I'm planning on killing Han Solo. Yeah, that would have put the <laughs> biggest curse on the... Well, I mean, like, yes, th- there would be a loss of a human life, and that would be extremely sad. But it would have put the biggest curse on the movie franchise. And it would have taken something away from the death of Han Solo. Because chances are it would have gotten out that Han Solo was going to die anyway. Right. Right? Because the, the studio would almost have to say we were going to kill him anyway. Right. So it wouldn't look like they had to, like, they just stuck it in there. It's so crazy. Were we talking about how Star Wars is going to be on Canadian Netflix? Yeah, it is on Canadian Netflix. It's on now. Yeah, I, I saw it the other day, and I, like, celebrated, and then I was like, wait a second, I've owned this on Blu-ray for months. Yeah. <laughs> Canada is apparently one of the only places that has it on Netflix. Well, except for that uh, Disney signed a big deal with Netflix worldwide. Like, maybe we're the first to get it. Right. But Americans are definitely going to get getting started. all seven Star Wars movies right. and all the Avengers movies mm-hmm. and all of the everything else that they have going. Right. Like, Netflix, Netflix signed it over. Netflix is going to do okay. They seem to be all right. Yeah. Trekkies are going to hate us because we're now talking about Star Wars. Okay, well, I can loop it back. Sure, let's loop it back. What do you think? Return of the Jedi was originally supposed to be titled Revenge of the Jedi. I knew that. Wrath of Khan was originally supposed to be titled Revenge of Khan. Both George Lucas and Gene Roddenberry discussed it, refused to move on it, and at the last minute, 
they both decided that they would change the title of their movie. Really? And neither of them used the word revenge accidentally. If either of them had heard that the other was going to use a different word, they would have gone, great, I get to use revenge instead of return or wrath. Yeah, it's interesting because Wrath of Khan just sounds like a cooler. It sounds cool, and and it makes makes sense why because Jedi's aren't supposed to be vengeful. Yeah, but George Lucas is stupid. Yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> he makes a lot of bad choices. Yeah, and they're present in the original series too. Yeah, so that's how we bring it back to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Could you see yourself sitting back and watching through these series later? I totally could. I yeah. really like n- not the first series, but when I started to watch the Next Generation, I was just thinking like, you know what? If I like broke my leg or something like if i got my leg crushed by a door like han solo yeah. i would uh just sit at home and stream something like that for especially if it was like really easy to access if it was all on netflix and yeah. i could just watch them one after another or if i had access to the dvds or something well like it was it was fine i'm always interested in the cultural phenomenons like we were talking about stranger things today oh Um, yeah yeah what is the deal with this it's well we should do it for like the next podcast or something or we should at least like try to figure out exactly what it is because it's a new netflix series that is kind of in the same vein as uh early spielberg kind of a feel like what does that mean early Spielberg? he's so famous for having a a breadth in his work that nothing defines i think it's kind of like you know et generation slash close encounters of the third kind but with like early 80s music it's just made to look that way i think so it's made to look that way and like the time's supposed to be around the same thing it's supposed to have a bit of a whimsical feel um is it a fantasy more of a supernatural i think kind of like space-esque okay you know that movie super eight yeah it was kind of made to made to be the same i think it's more of like a series like that super eight is i i think it's kind of a horror if anything it is it's jj abrams Oh, is it? Okay, well, it's cool. definitely an alien movie, and it's J.J. Abrams. It was like one of his small projects. Right. But I think it's quite thrilling. Yeah. I don't know if it's good. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I'm I'm down to check out anything J.J. Abrams. I still haven't seen that Cloverfield Lane movie, which is supposed to be really good. I think that if we hadn't come up with such a simple title as The Show Show, mm-hmm. I'll Have to Check It Out would be a very good title for this podcast. I'll Have to Check It Out. Because you say it a lot, naturally. Do I? And it's also, it just kind of speaks to the the premise of our podcast. Yeah, where we're constantly like, we're, we're not authorities on television. Never. We just always want to check it out. I, I'm always excited to see something that's going to pull me in. Yeah. But nothing, and this is sad, but like very few things make me happier than like knowing that I've got four more seasons of something I love. Sure. You know what I'm excited for? I went, I I was at the golf course and I kind of met up with like an old, uh, old roommate and old friend and a couple of his buddies. And, uh, we were talking about TV shows and one of them said, have you ever seen bloodline? Oh. And I was like, ah, I gotta get in on this. Man. And like three of them were like, yeah, it's so good. It's like, there's a sign pointing towards you watching yeah. this show. Yeah, definitely. It seems like it's introduction to the world. has just had a bit of a slow burn, right. which is fine with a lot of Netflix shows. Like there are a handful of Netflix shows that are sensational pop cultural, uh, fixtures right. and then a couple others that just kind of got peppered in there and and it takes a lot for me to take a past show and watch it like it, it has to be like you know the sopranos or the wire yeah or shows like that for me to to watch this and isn't get a past show though they're still they only made two seasons they're making more oh yeah i know yeah. I, i'm i'm gonna be into bloodline but i'm thinking like friday night lights is a show mm. that i probably won't go back and watch because i don't think culturally it's going to be the show that was like the Sopranos changed television history, and like you need to understand that reference. I don't think I need to understand the Friday Night Lights reference, but I understand it was a good show. So, just... would you say your willingness to consume something that's of a an earlier time mm-hmm. is strictly contingent on whether or not it was important culturally, or whether or not you think you'll enjoy it? Well, I think I'll enjoy a lot of things. Is so. It has to be important culturally for me to narrow that down. That's how you streamline it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. It kind of explains why you had a bit of interest in Oz when we watched the pilot. Yeah, I still, I still would be okay with like going back and watching Oz. Same with, same with the Next Generation. I think that's kind of on the level of. But I'm not going to get around to watch it. I know it's not going to be one that I will end up sitting down and watching and there aren't just not enough things pointing you in that direction now like if it was much easier and more accessible maybe maybe you would another another title we could call the show is there's too many shows there are too many shows that's what people say (laughs) all the time yeah there's too many shows now shows 
I'll have to check it out. There's too many shows. Well, plus, just like I'll have to check it out is is a clever thing to call your podcast because then people can say that about your podcast. Right. Have you heard about this podcast? I'll have to check it out. No, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> That's the the conclusion and the uh, Part of me wants question. to change the podcast name. Not today. Maybe um, we should like once we get to episode 50 or something. Change just it. rebrand? Yeah. Well, we'll see how many. <laughs> at one point, we'll actually sit down and try to find out how many listens or downloads or ratings we've had on the show. Right. I wonder like where where the bulk of those listens come from. I hope it's like Scandinavia or something. Maybe I'll. you can put polls on Twitter, right? You can tweet polls. Yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll tweet out, show show with Sweets and Slaney. Yep. I'll have to check it out. And there's too many shows. Yeah. Just see if we get any response at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If someone's name's like Yelvedika Gorbachev. Gorbachev, right. Yep. Common <laughs> Russian name. Well, no, we're, we're big in Russia. Maybe we are. I think we probably are. I think that they probably want to know what's been going on with, with Western media for the last half a century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how they're learning. This is the 50th this anniversary the of Star Trek. That's worth mentioning. Today? No, not today, but this, this year. year. Okay. I mean, the, the release of Star Trek Beyond right. marks the 50th oh, yeah, anniversary. I guess I mean, that makes sense. This series, the episode that you watched today is right. 50 years old today. 50, I watched a 50-year-old TV show and it was pretty good. And it was in color and it was pretty good. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That is cool. That's a big number. God damn. 50. Yeah, I guess my dad was like 10 at the time when yeah. he was watching it. My parents were like four. Whoa. Yeah. Do you remember a couple of years ago when it was a big trend to Spock your Canadian $5 bills? <laughs> no, I forgot about that. You do remember uh, that. Well, I, yeah, I guess, but I don't necessarily remember. But as soon as you said Spock your $5 bills, like I don't remember people doing it, but I just had an image of Sir Wilfrid Laurier with Spock ears. Yeah, well, I, that's because you saw what, it. Like a lot of people noticed that Sir Wilfrid Laurier had, had a striking resemblance to to Mr. Spock. Right. Or like you could very easily transform him into a believable Spock. I, and then there was this whole conversation about how like, no, you're not supposed to deface, uh, deface legal currency. And and then the Bank of, of Canada, the Mint, the Royal Canadian Mint came out and said, it's actually fine. You can do it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They were what? like, that's not technically against they the rules. They were cool with it. They were, they were cool. It was, yeah, it was a serendipitous I, thing. I thought you were going to say they had like a stop the Spock campaign or something. Yeah, there probably was a stop the Spock campaign, but, but no. They said, as long as you're not uh, harming the serial code has to stay intact and that little silver line on the side of it. If okay. it once had one, it has to keep having one. <laughs> okay. But if you can draw all over your bills. Nice. Like in the movie Serendipity. Do they do that? Yeah, they like write. I think she writes her phone number on a $5 bill and then he loses it. And then in the end of the movie, he gets it back in his change at the grocery store. Right. It was Serendipity. Was that Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves? It was John Cusack and... A woman. <laughs> I was I was just going to be super happy when you responded with two people that were not the two people that I thought were in. <laughs> it wasn't Sandra series. Bullock, I can tell you that. No? Okay. I have not seen it, and I don't care to. What's the worst movie you think you've ever seen? The worst movie I've ever seen was, and this comes at, a, at an unfortunate time, because Gary Marshall just died. What? Gary Marshall died? Dude, like five days ago. Oh my God. I'm so out of the news, oh man. Oh my God, man. Yes. And I was going to bring that up on this podcast anyway, because I mean, important television person. Yeah. And maybe we Gary should do Marshall. some Gary Marshall shows next week. Sure. As an apology for what I'm about to say next. Okay. Sure. Um, he wrote a movie. It was his last movie. It came out a couple of months ago. It uh -huh. was called Mother's, Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Jennifer Aniston and and Jason Sudeikis. And I mean, like, it's 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 a little silly for me to say that my least favorite movie ever is a movie I just saw because it's freshest in my mind. But right. I sat there slack jawed. I I didn't want to get up and leave, mm -hmm. and like I just felt weird about leaving. But I wanted to leave so bad. Yeah. It was it was I mean it was offensive. There was like there were wow. characters in it that were racist for the sake of comedy and it wasn't flying with me. Right. And it was just like it was I I couldn't imagine I couldn't believe how bad it. it was. Wow. I think the worst movie that I ever saw was Country Strong. Oh yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. Did you ever see that? No. Oh my god, Jen for some reason took me to the movie theater. And it's the only movie that I've looked at Jen throughout being like, why did you do this you, to me? You judged her for, yeah, for liking like, it? Like, did she like it? Did she like it? Yeah. No, she was like apologetically like great. kind of like wincing over at me. like Because honestly, I, I might have gone to that movie if there was nothing else on. Yeah, and, and, and I kind of did the same thing going into 
why can't I think of this movie? I really like it. Speaking of Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. Um, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook. I remember I, you not being keen on I, seeing that movie. But then I saw it and really, really Beautiful loved it. Beautiful movie. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, that was the one movie that I remember being so pissed. Country Strong really faded into obscurity. Like it, it could have been like a thing. Because she plays like a Faith Hill type in that movie. Yeah. But like if you saw the movie, it could never have been a thing. Okay. It it would never live on. And now she doesn't make movies. As a rule? Or is she just not making movies? I don't know if it's a rule, but what's the last movie you can think of that she was in? Maybe Country Strong. Yeah. And it's so weird, because wasn't she in, like, Royal Tenenbaums? And she was so great in it. Yeah. She was, like... Weird movies like that, where you just think, oh, she's got to be really cool, but I don't think she's really cool. She's not one of... I don't think she's as uncool as everybody's decided. Like, you know how we were talking last week in the podcast about how there's a narrative that the media applies to certain yes, people and we just right. see people through a couple of lenses you're right and as we soon refuse as used to see them any other way as soon as gwyneth paltrow does something that is cool everyone's gonna get back on her side again and the media is gonna keep like riding her up to be a hero right until she's and it was and it was dumb of her to say that she'd rather smoke crack than eat processed cheese a lot of people say dumber shit and it's just kind of taken as like a, a, a silly frivolous thing that they say yeah so i don't know yeah she was in that cool movie but if you think about it she's not like one of the people who Wes Anderson keeps having back. No. Of that's which a, there are many. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Owen Wilson, she is not. <laughs> that's right. She is no. <laughs> Slash Bill Murray. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of new TV shows, did you see that show Vice Principals yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. It, it was funny. It wasn't as good as like Eastbound and Down. It wasn't as hilarious it's as early. Eastbound and Down. But yeah. yeah, first episode. I think the next episode is really going to gonna pick up a little he bit. He was on Kimmel last night. Oh yeah? Danny yeah. McBride? Danny McBride. How'd that go? He told this funny story about how he he grew up in a community uh, where skateboarding was a big thing, and in okay. order to be cool, you had to skateboard, but he couldn't skateboard. Right. Then his family moved, and that was a bit of a relief. And then sometime later, his parents came to him with news that they were getting a divorce and that he was going to move back with one of his parents <laughs> to that town. No. And like he went out into the driveway, and like he was like way more upset about having to go back to pretending to be a skateboarder right. than his parents getting divorced. And like his parents could see him out in the driveway, like practicing on the skateboard, and they just thought he was processing. Right. <laughs> and uh, he came back to the town, and they were all like, oh man, great to see you. It's been so long. Where's your deck? How come you didn't bring your board? And he was just like, I can't ever since the divorce. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> he just used the divorce as an excuse ah, to, to quit skateboarding, which he never did. Right. It was a funny uh, story. That's awesome. Yeah. Who was your favorite Star Trek character across both pilots? Oh, that's really interesting. Both. Um, I don't, I, to be honest, I didn't really like see a lot of specific definers in any of the original characters. Right. Like, um, even, even in Spock, I was just kind of like, oh, you're dry. Like, whereas like, I really liked the Spock-esque character in TNG. I'm going to get... Data. Data. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to get tweeted for not knowing that. Right. I thought he was much more compelling and dynamic in the pilot as compared to Spock in the pilot of Star Trek. Right. And you probably didn't get to the... He's also, like, super strong. Did really? You know that? Yeah. Okay. Like, he just, like, jumps 30 feet down from a tree at one point and, like, lifts a kid up with one hand over his head. He's, like, you know, like a teenager. What actor is that? I was trying to figure that out. He looks I, familiar. I, I thought that you might be able to shed some light on that. He kind of looks like Kevin Klein, but younger. Although Kevin Klein wouldn't have been younger. He right. would have been younger then. It's not Kevin Klein, though, so I'm not so even going to qualify that Is TNG the, the series that Whoopi Goldberg was in? She was in it for a minute, yeah. Right, okay. Um, and LeVar Burton was in the episode that we watched. Yep, yep. Um, he did that whilst while also doing Reading Rainbow. So funny really? to do both of those shows yeah. at the same time. Uh, and Will Wheaton was in it for for a second too. Did you get to that part? Uh, yeah, I think I must have. The part where they're like uh, down on the base, and he's the kid with his mother. Oh, that's Will Wheaton. That's Will Wheaton. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Well, and like Picard gets really weird about it, and he says, "Like, how do you know Picard?" He says, "Oh, he brought my father's body back after he died." And immediately, right. I googled, "Is Wesley right?" I was wondering Picard's that too. son. And is it? He's not. Okay. As far as what from the articles that I looked at, I mean, maybe there's there's some there's some complications there because right. I don't know if you got to this, but there's like a minute later where Picard is talking to his first mate, and he says. I'm uncomfortable with children. He's like, I just don't do well with no. families and children. So like have my back when it comes to children. No. I, and so I was like, Oh, this, he has to be Wesley's dad. Right. And Wesley doesn't realize, but I didn't, I didn't gather that based on what I quickly Googled. Mm. 
Yeah, Picard seemed like a bit of a hard ass. I, I loved him. Though. I mean, yeah. I'm inclined to really love Patrick Stewart. Sure. He wasn't a Star Trek fan. In fact, he'd never seen the original series before. Whoa. And he, he kind of attributes that to his being able to approach the series without a whole lot of pressure. Right. Like, he didn't really feel like, oh, this is a big thing that I have to have to live up to. He right. just kind of went in and did his thing. He's also said in a number of podcasts in the last couple of years that he was so sure that show was going to get canceled. Why? That, that well, he agreed to an eight-year contract when he got hired wow that's like saturday night live style contract eight years and they were only on the air for seven years oh my! so he never he never expired his first contract but he was like this is only gonna last 10 episodes i may as well sign the eight-year contract right yeah wow and he uh uh i totally forget what i learned today the the fact that we insert all these ums and uhs and likes and you knows yeah into our sentence we do that every 4.4 seconds the english-speaking world oh the english-speaking i thought you meant us no and i didn't like crunch our numbers right i thought you actually did that no no we're, we're better i than would that. believe it yeah the amount that i get hassled at work for saying like i have heard brutal. some of that happen though and it's it's shitty because you don't do it any more than most people for okay, the record good Good, because they really get in my head about it. I, I, I understand. I would be self-conscious of that, too, if like people were like really like trying to pick on me for it. Because yeah. I've noticed that happen, and in my head, I've just been like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't happen. I have a habit of, of, of when I, and this is a bit of a conversational crutch, too. Whenever I'm going to state an opinion, I start by saying, I feel like... Right. I sort of feel like Star Trek was better in the 80s right. than it was and in it the... Right, and it doesn't sound weird. It, no, it's just a thing that you say. But, but it, when someone says... Listen to how many times this guy says like. Yeah. Everyone's like, 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 as you say it. And it sucks. Well, dude, you have to find a thing about them that that is not a good habit. That's true. But just as an English speaking uh, public, we all say ums and these little conversational mm-hmm. fillers, these little space gaps. Yeah. Every 4.4 seconds. So that should be seen as a natural speaking tendency. I mean, part of the problem is that what what's really bringing up the curve is when people add full sentences on the end of their sentences because they don't like the... Like, you know people who say, you know what I'm saying, at the end of every fucking sentence? Right. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, f- was really bad for saying... Do you know what I mean? She would say that at the end of, like, every sentence. Yes, I understood before you said, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I forgot about that. And you just added, like, eight words to... That one is brutal. Six words. You probably wasted entire hours and hours and hours off your life saying, if do you, you know what I mean? If you cut all the do you know what I means out of f***'s life, she'd only be 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> she's never been able to learn beyond age 11 because she's been saying, do you know what I mean? So often. She's been so distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Asking people if they know what she means. Yeah. Usually we know what she means. It's not that hard to get past yeah. what she's trying to convey. I have half a mind to leave that in the podcast. I no, won't. I won't. Please don't. I won't. Maybe I'll just censor her name. <laughs> That'd be great. I'll just beep over her name. I'm going to do that. Yeah? Okay. Because it was funny. Sure. It was funny comedy. Yep. Oh, you know what I wanted to mention? Uh, Denise Crosby in Star Trek TNG. I was so happy when they ray gunned her and she turned to a white statue because she was overacting so much. She was getting really, really defensive in every scene she had. She was like, it just like, started freaking out. She was trying to win the Oscar for a TV show. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I was wondering that while I was watching it. I, I thought, is this going a little bit beyond she's like i grew up in a world where this kind of judgment was the type of thing yeah. that we <laughs> it was just like freeze gun <laughs> just shut that lady up for a yeah. second yeah uh, it, it was kind of like a moment to relax when that happened it was really annoying yeah so uh, these are other um and i made a quick list um we've the one we forgot to mention was the animated series so between Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Generation was the animated series. Oh, okay. And so that starred the same characters, but I think most of them were different voice actors. Right. There was also Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, Discovery, which comes out in 2017, and 13 different movies. Have you seen any of the movies besides these updated ones? I think I might have seen one of the ones with Picard okay. in it. Oh, okay. But I, were they big Big time like blockbuster movies? I don't know. I think I think like Star Trek the motion picture and Star Trek the Wrath of Khan were like yeah. big 
theatrical movies. Right. And I had a friend, when I was in high school, I had this group of friends who I'm not really close with anymore. We would just like watch movies and we would take turns picking which movie we were going to watch. And I, I would always bring like 80s John Hughes movies to the table. Okay. That was always my contribution. Sure. Um, and this this one guy made us watch The Wrath of Khan one night and, and I knew nothing about Star Trek and I remember being bored to tears. Really? Yeah. I bet like, at like the time, desperate for it to be over. I bet at the time you would have found a little bit more, it would have been a little bit more entertaining because just because of the special effects. And maybe I was, I was young enough then that I, I just wanted something that looked cool. Sure. I wasn't going to appreciate it for what it was accomplishing. Something that looked cool, like pretty in pink or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good point. Well, I guess at the end of the day, I just like, I like snarky teenagers. Sure. It was it was well written. I think is probably what attracted. No you question. To it. Did you know that John Hughes died on my 18th birthday? Really? Yeah, I really I really view that as a thing where like my youth died when I when I became an adult. Whoa, crazy! When did my youth die? You still have your youth, my friend. Yeah, maybe it'll never die. If I, you didn't, if you didn't leave it down in Argentina, where, where my you, pancreas died? Yeah, where your pancreas died? <laughs> Fuck. All right, we just brought it home. We just, <laughs> full circle. Yeah, we just full circled it. Well, so our uh, final thoughts on Star Trek. Fabulous franchise. I wish you knew more about it. I'm a little scared. It's too late for me to know more about it. I know. Interesting shows. Maybe I'll get in, Maybe we'll get into the new series. Maybe we'll get in there and it'll make us want to go back. That's so true. That's so true. And like that's that's Wait. something that you can say about Doctor Who. Like Wait. a lot of people oh, really yeah. got into Doctor Who. Where's when... this new series being released? Do we know? I don't know, except for that the original series was on NBC. I would prefer for this to be on, like, Netflix. Yeah, for it to be... Just streamable. Something more special. Hey, did you guys stream that series, that whole Star Trek series? I, don't, that was I awesome. don't think it's on, like, a major American network. No. I know the original was on NBC. By the way, were you surprised to learn that the original was only three se- seasons long? Oh, I didn't know that. It's only 50 episodes. Wow. TNG was seven seasons, so yeah. it, was, it was plenty more. Yeah, so it's like one of those things that you look back and you're like, oh, there really wasn't that much of this. Right. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why people are able to know it so intimately. Sure. I don't think it's on, I don't think Discovery is going to be on one of the major networks. I might be wrong about that. Maybe it's on like the WB or something. Really? I don't, I don't know. I'm making that up. I hope that, I hope it just goes to Netflix. I, I would like for it to go somewhere mm-hmm. special as soon as possible. Cause I'd be willing to check out a new series cause the effects aren't going to be terrible. No. They're not going to be bad. No, not at all. So I guess we'll see what happens. But Star Trek, hey, uh, Trekkies, uh, tweet us, at Show Show Podcast. Tweet us every fan correction, mm-hmm. every fact check that you can come up with, because I'd love to learn. I'm as not... long as you listen to the episode. Oh, shit. Whoa, 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 my God. Oh, my God. <gasps> what? I've never seen a cat freak out like that. Oh, Mia. Okay, so <laughs> Mia got caught in the cans that... <laughs> that uh, uh, sweets wasn't wearing and <laughs> they're just on the they table got, and they got wrapped around her leg i think <laughs> and she got really scared and she booted it into a door <laughs> and then while sprinting away smoked herself into a stool Aww. and like is now kind of just looking around as if to say like what was that did, you, did that just happen yeah <laughs> I think she's, she's, she's coming over cool. for comfort now. This Norwegian forest cat has <laughs> seen better days. Oh, poor kitty. All right. Well, she wanted the show to end, so we should yeah. end the show. Anyways, I was going to say Trekkies, you, you like a cool thing. Yeah. It's, very, it's a very interesting show, and I don't blame you for getting into it. Uh, never go outside. Never trust Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper prosper hopefully i will at the rate that i'm getting diseases i'm not sure that <laughs> yeah I can. we'll see uh, fingers crossed <laughs>